Welcome to the Waffle Shop Podcast with me, Taylor James. This is the podcast that gets people waffling about their mental health, coping mechanisms, life's minor inconveniences, and the music that soundtracks it all. So join me as I open up shop and have a waffle. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Welcome to the Waffle Shop Podcast Unfiltered with me, Taylor James. And me, Emma Tyndall. This is the podcast where we delve into the weird and wonderful... Where no concept, conspiracy theory, or conversation is off limits. So join us as we open up shop next door, turn the base up, and have even more of a waffle. <laughs> the shine wow. on us right now. It's currently 31 degrees here. Uh, and it's 7pm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is outrageous. Have you got any weekly waffles for me? Or has anyone given you any? Do you know what? A lot of people have just been saying about the heat this week mm. which i think is a very british thing to do isn't it, to moan about the heat and then as soon as it gets too cold we're like oh it's too cold and you know what we're yeah. just never happy yeah. are we would you rather be too hot or too cold um i feel like it's easier to warm up than it is to cool down yeah that's true but i love on a hot day like getting into a stuffy car it's kind of like i don't know it does something to me i'm Why? just like oh i really like it i don't know <laughs> weirdest thing i think you know my weekly waffle is I think... you with that comment <laughs> i actually think it's the weirdest thing about me actually no that's not true there's one more thing weirder than that but that's not for today uh what are you smiling at i'm not gonna tell you <laughs> oh, i thought we were friends my waffle of the week is money uh, like everything is so expensive. I don't know if it's just because I'm in a new city, but I, so I went on a date on Wednesday. Uh, we had two mojitos and some dates, which were wrapped in bacon stuffed with manchego cheese. They were fucking phenomenal. Bill comes <laughs> over mm, and it's lovely. 70, $70, seven zero oh, for two mojitos and some dates wrapped in bacon. Yeah. 
And this was just like at like a standard. I mean, it was really nice. It was a yeah. nice restaurant, but it wasn't like extortionate. But it's because they they don't include tax on their prices, and then you're supposed to pay eighteen percent service charge. Yeah. The date go more importantly, I'm sure myself and the <laughs> listeners would want to find out. It was good. It's my first can- Canada Canadian date. Um, the best part about it was that <laughs> he called me the next day. I was at the beach. And was like, oh, I've I've got a spare VIP ticket to the tennis tonight. Do you want to come? Oh, <laughs> that's like, who you went with. I was like, yeah, yeah he he's, to he's right. He does now. <laughs> this is honestly the worst thing about dating with this job is people are like, oh, what you do? I'm like, oh, I work in telly and then podcaster. And they're like, oh, what's your podcast? Like today I was looking around flats and the um, letting agent was like, Oh, what should you do? Oh, what's your podcast? So now we have another listener. Oh, Good old Sam, if you're um, listening. <laughs> yeah, she's great. If you need a reference, she's very reliable. She turns up every week. <laughs> she's, <laughs> she brings Please give me a flat. <laughs> you know, do you think yeah. it's a bit of an ick for people, the podcast? I think it depends. Like, I don't, I don't really care. That's a good answer. I, I'll tell you what's an ick when I go on a date and someone's like, yeah, I listen to your podcast. No. Yeah. Because I had that happen to me once and it was on Hinge. So my surname's not on Hinge. So they must have found me as in like my full name. Yeah. Typed it into Google. And then that's how they would have found my podcast. That's really So it was cool. literally the third thing he said to me. We started, like said hello, started walking and he was like, oh, so listen to your podcast this morning. I was like... Ew, ick. No. <laughs> is it sad or is it sweet? Um, what's the rhyme? We don't have one yet. We'll work on that though. Okay, we'll work on it. Uh, anyway, go on then, hit me with it. What's your uh, is yeah. it sad or is it sweet? I haven't, I don't think I've actually spoken about it on the podcast before, but remember when... <laughs> God, laughing already. Remember when I went on that dating TV show? <laughs> right. Yes. Oh my gosh, what happened to that? Well, it was the actual the last date I ever went on with a woman. So, I mean, she quite clearly did something wrong, um, which we won't go into. But then, Ouch. what's even worse? So, she wasn't. No, she wasn't the nicest of people. And I, I, like, if you watched it back, like, I feel like a lot of people would would agree with me that I felt very uncomfortable. And then. Big weekend came around in May. So there's what, probably what, 40,000 people there? Who did I bump into? No. And I don't know why, but I was telling this story today. And then some, literally the person I was talking to, I was like, oh, but no, but that's sweet that you bumped into each other. And then I was like, well, actually, no, it's not that sweet. Because it's actually quite (laughs) sad that I had to go on TV (laughs) to try and date. (laughs) Yeah. So is the sad or is it sweet in relation to the woman or the fact that you went on a TV show to date? I think on a TV show to go on a date. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's a good one. You're bringing really good ones, Taylor. They're better than Thank mine. You. I'm going to level with you. I think it's a bit sad. <laughs> <laughs> I can't take oh you seriously. Oh my God. I'm dripping in sweat and that's just <laughs> making me feel worse. <laughs> But like you are a lovely, attractive, good banter, good chat. You do not need to go on a TV show 
which is just using your attributes to get you know to find to find love so on today's show we are waffling about something very different to what we've normally waffled about and i think it's fair to say that it's kind of a little bit out of both of our comfort zones i mean i've never spoke about this Mm. on my show and i'm pretty sure you haven't spoke about on your show Whereas today we're talking about knife crime and gangs. We've got an incredible guest who, through his own experiences, has built up this incredible platform now and is encouraging other people, obviously, and giving people advice on how to kind of steer clear of violence, gangs, and kind of crime all together. And when we were kind of going through like the notes and kind of like kind of piecing together the episode, it kind of stopped me in my tracks. I was very much like, I've never kind of asked myself this before, but I was like, it's quite a scary world that mm. we're living in, isn't it? And then I don't know why, I don't know whether it's just because obviously I'm 30, but it raised the question. I was just like, I don't know if I would want to bring kids into mm. this world. Wow. I know that's I know that's very deep, but it was kind of when I was going through like our guests like journey some of the stuff like as much as you know we're very consumed by social media like scrolling like things like love island and stuff like that whereas there's a very obviously dark side to a lot of this yeah yeah it, it kind of stopped me in my tracks a little bit what what are you what are you thinking? yeah no i to- i totally agree and what you said about comfort zones i think that's true because it's so far removed from um you know my upbringing or my life um like I think both of us were probably in quite a privileged position when we were younger in terms of we felt safe we felt um seen and understood and um that path felt very far away but for some kids growing up especially in certain boroughs and cities and stuff like that like it's it's the parents' biggest fear yeah. for them to stray off the path and and actually get involved with stuff like that. And I think I'm so excited for this chat because I think it's going to really highlight a lot of things that need to be spoken about more. Yeah. I mean, we should probably introduce our guest. <laughs> yeah, that would be good. <laughs> we are joined today by the incredible Luke Cato, who through his own experiences of crime and gangs and violence, if you like, has built a quite successful company Mm. and is now using his kind of experiences and turned it into his passion to help prevent other kids going down the same kind of road. And I'm really excited because I imagine there's a lot of people out there who, I mean, I don't know, the ins and outs of the people obviously who listen to to this podcast but there may be people out there who feel like they have no choice but to kind of do mm. the things they do to either survive you know it's we were saying at the beginning of the show like of how expensive like life has become and you know I mean I was raised by like a, a single parent and don't get me wrong like we never went without but I imagine there's a lot of people like will do what they need to do to survive, to, to provide for their children or mm-hmm. even to provide for their parents or, you know, their younger siblings and stuff like that. So I'm very intrigued to kind of see like what Luke's take on that is. And obviously if there is anyone listening who's affected by any of this, 
what they can do and like the resources they can turn to mm-hmm. if they need that help and they want to make that change sure. yeah we'll put some uh, links in the bio as well for things that you can do or people to talk to um but should we get luke in definitely wait 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 wait. hang on uh, oh <laughs> every time so this is gonna be really difficult and i feel quite bad <laughs> there's a little bit of a get with this one but obviously it's waffle word of the week and we've got it to try is. and get a word into the interview with our guest without our guest noticing now mm. i won last week and i don't know why i picked this word but for some bizarre reason i picked feather duster now i don't know how this is going to go down it's probably the hardest one that we've ever had to do but we like a challenge let's get luke in (laughs) here we go luke welcome to the waffle shop i'm genuinely really excited for this chat because it's something that myself or emma have never kind of spoke about on the show before and it's a real opportunity to kind of learn something new so I kind of wanted to throw you under the bus a little bit and kind of hear from like the man himself like how did this journey start for you to obviously to get to what you the incredible work you do now so I'll go back to the start of the journey Uh, (laughs) but yes I originally born in Sheffield Um, um, I live with my nan um, I live between my mum and my nan between Birmingham and Sheffield my dad wasn't really on the scene, wasn't really a great, well, wasn't a role model at all. And, you know, wasn't, wasn't, wasn't present, spent a lot of time in and out of prison. And if he was ever around, it wasn't a positive experience. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that was in my very, very earlier days. Um, and I believe that led me to spend some time with my grandparents in, in Sheffield, where they lived. There's a road called Ecclesaw Road. It was pretty, a very affluent area um, and grew to become more affluent. Uh, a lot of the footballers would go there to eat, you know. I remember you see Prince Nazim daily on my school run. I used to be like, Nazim! <laughs> um, literally, you know. Um, well, it gave me a nice balance because where, where I was, I was probably one of the only black lads in the school. But it was weird. I didn't have a bad experience. I was like the most popular guy in the entire school, you know, literally. And most of my friends had, you know, a mom and dad at home. And most of their parents were professionals. Um. And the reason why I'm probably explaining that is just explaining the world I came from to the yeah. world I went to. Um, so my nan, she was, she was pretty young when she died. My nan was like a mum. That's not to discredit my mum, but just my nan was like a mum as well. And um, she died pretty young from cancer. So I kind, of, I kind of watched the deterioration of my nan dying. And my nan was only 55, so it wasn't like I was watching, oh, wow. you know, a very elderly person, you know, deteriorate mm. and watching someone that, yeah. Not active, but you know, someone reasonably young, you know, young guys. So, um, yeah. 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 So she she had bowel cancer. And I, I never really later on in life I understood understood the more the process of um trauma and not understanding certain things until later. My family, my mom wanted me to come back home. Um, because the whole point of being with my nan was to kind of iron me out. because uh, I was I was quite naughty. I was on the verge of getting kicked out of primary schools and stuff like that. Um so my mom wanted to get me back into Birmingham, but the family, the family in Sheffield were reluctant because of Birmingham, especially where I live in the heart of Handsworth, was, um, was the Burger Bar territory. It's a Burger Bar and the Johnson's crew are, two of them, are the two main crews in Birmingham at the time, probably more of developed now over the years. Uh, and the road I was on literally like 
there'd been shootings, murders. It was like, we scratched off, it was called Crompton Road. We scratched off the R and called it Compton Road. Do you know what I mean? Literally. Um, obviously my mom wanted me back home, but you know, after my nan passed, I didn't want to live with my granddad on my own in that big house and, you know, um, so I, I came back to Birmingham. But trying to fit in in Birmingham, there's a number of reasons why I feel like I went a downward spiral. I never dealt with the trauma of my nan passing, literally never until later on in life. Um, and then I tried to fit in and I had a very Northern accent and it was, uh, people should always take the mic. I wouldn't say bully, but just take the mic. And it, it became frustrating. So I think I overcompensated to try and fit in. Was what it a huge I seen it- contrast then going from obviously like, Yorkshire that obviously back to Birmingham and then like you said then even like with your accent was it did you notice like a a change in maybe like behavior and attitude when you took that move yeah because you know in Sheffield everyone goes and walks their dogs and good morning and you know I've come from a different world like that was you know the image of a bad boy was probably some dude trying to turn his hat backwards you know that that was it but the image of a bad boy in Birmingham was a gang, a gangster with a gun. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it was different. You know, in Sheffield we had wheelie bins. In Birmingham we had black bags outside the house. Like mental health was very visual in the area. I've seen, you know, the local madman you would call him or something like that. It was quite known figures in community. So just you know what I seen visually and the, the cleansiness of Sheffield to the deprivation Birmingham hands with. Do you know what I mean? It was just yeah. like yeah, like it. And then, you know, for myself as well, really trying to fit in, you know, everyone used to take the mic at my accent, but I just felt like the way to compensate was to force being a bad boy. Yeah. Um, and not only just force being a bad boy as well, not having access to the things that I had access to in Sheffield. What do you do in Birmingham where everyone plays out? And what do you do when you play out and your mom and dad ain't got them all, your dad or your mom hasn't got the money to give you certain things. You get up to mischief. You know, so very early on, it was like little petty crimes and car theft and things like that. And that was fun. That was the fun factor of playing out. So, yeah, so I kind of just, a lot of my friends, their big brothers were like, just come out of prison or gangsters or in one of the crews. Um, And so that was what I looked up to. That was what was just a popular in thing. Actually got deeper and deeper into the world. I was trying to conform to that. It just became a a part of me. Do you know what I mean? So Mm. I was just subjected to whatever that came with. So having my mom wasn't in a position to try her best to raise me and my sisters, but she was in a position to give me what I needed um, or in a position to, to, to have me stay in the house. Like when I think about my kids now, they're, they're spoiled. I've just got a dog last week. You know what I mean? Like, you know, they, they get, they get everything. They're not spoiled, but they don't go without, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I come from, I, a I guess dog. like you've kind of like, You've seen it though, haven't you? You've seen the struggle. You've seen how difficult it is, especially when it comes to we we, we were talking about this. Like I'm from a single parent family, and like I've seen my mom struggle, but you know, and do what she needed to do to survive herself, but to also provide for her children. And I imagine, obviously, women obviously very different, like people, but like I meant, that's what you've kind of you've seen growing up, and then you kind of go into survival mode. So whether it's kind of like your parent being a parent, like providing for your children, I imagine from hearing what you're saying, you kind of had to do the things you were doing to kind of survive in that world. Hundred percent. Because in. aside from trying to fit in and be a bad boy, it was the hustle. Like I, so, when I look back on you know siblings' experiences, when I look back now, I can see everyone was doing their little survival thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I, I became quite good at it as well. If I'm honest with you. On um, Real Direction, you mentioned um, 
that it takes one five minute mistake to change a young person's future. And I think that's a really powerful thing to say, because I guess in these situations is just one split second decision. Um, Do you recall what that decision was for you? I feel for me, it was a number of things. It'd be, you know, obviously on my website, you've got to kind of narrow it down, you know, but for me, it's been a number of things that I could always say contributed towards uh, what made me go down the right path, you know, deciding to rob that person, deciding to steal that car, mm. deciding to just do some illegal behavior and being somewhere I shouldn't be, deciding to walk with those guys and go to that place, deciding to get into that fight. You know, for some people, it's one thing that could change their life. But for other people, there's many... It wouldn't be the truth if I say, yeah, it was this day on the 15th of October, 2004. Mm-hmm. Like, I believe it was a, you know, a combination of stuff. But when I speak of, um, you know, one decision can change your life, it's because, you know, any of those decisions could have changed my life. But in the community and in peers and my friends, decisions, single decisions have changed their life. Some, you know, some people aren't even here no more. With that, like going from kind of those decisions and going down that path that you you were in I imagine there's going to be people who kind of turn to you as if like you're but you obviously quite clearly are a role model but when you kind of came to that point of like turning it around and like was there an element of fear going from that world to like you know what no something needs to change I need to do something about it yeah 100 again like you know unfair of me to say it's one single thing but I, I can think of three things that you know uh if you read the Birmingham Mail thing, they've done a piece on me, they mentioned my mum's ill health. I wouldn't say Ill, Ill health really, but I'd say my mum's stress levels and, you know, please constantly come to the house to arrest me. And, and just embarrassment, I think, feeling that she's failed. And I remember one time she couldn't take the stress anymore. And I remember she was in her room and she was like, I just can't take the stress anymore. I can't take it. She started crying and she fainted and literally grabbed her before she hit her head off the floor. And I remember phoning the ambulance and I was screaming, mom, mom, mom. And she kind of came around, I was like, put that on the phone, put that on the phone. And I realized at that point, like, wow, like I am destroying this woman that I say that I love, that has tried her best and she feels like she's failed. Um, and as well, I, I, I know we will, hopefully we'll touch on like mental health, like anxiety. I feel like I probably always kind of took, experience anxiety, you know, it's only later in life actually was identified, oh, I have anxiety, but um, you know, being from a certain area and then being a bit of a jack the lad as well with women and everything like that, girls back then and stuff. So, you know, I remember guys, a few, few times guys had come down to the school that I was in to beat me up over hearsay of certain things, you know. And, and I remember for a period of time uh, not wanting to leave my house and I wasn't turning up at school. And I remember my friends would go, oh, you come in town, you come in here. And I was just like, the fear of leaving and going to places like this was just no, because I just felt I was going to get stabbed or beaten up. Um, and it'd been threats to my life as well from, you know, certain people. And one, one person um, in particular um, had already been known to, you know, had, um, physically harm someone with a knife and so on and so forth. And, you know, it had threatened me and I was the next person he was looking for. And he had no one to be messed with. And, uh, you know, uh, unfortunately, um, he, he got shot and uh, he, he died. These were the kind of things that were going on that kind of led me to like think, wow, like, this is a horrible life. Like this is, and it's real. People are dying. We go to parties and people run in there and start shooting. And I remember, you know, I went to one party and the guy just took out the gun and he's literally just gone like that with a gun. And the gun kind of just aimed at me. And I remember my other friend fell over and everyone was running. And then we get outside the party and there's like blood clots all over the floor, shooting. It was just, you know, the that life now, I think realize how bad it was until I look back and think, what, crazy here in this, it is literally like, 
some kind of like Netflix kind of like TV show or whatever it might be. But the fact of the matter is, is like, I mean, we're speaking about not necessarily, we're not speaking about like candidly, but obviously because this is your experiences is real life, but stuff like this is actually still going on. And I have a lot of respect for people who kind of turn their pain and their experiences into kind of either their passion or, you know, who want to turn their experiences and to try and change other people's life. Has there been moments where you've kind of been approached by people like, how have you done this? Because I imagine kind of going from that world to what you do now has been quite the contrast yet again. I feel like I just had a calling in life to do something. So I can never answer like how I got through and why things never turned out worse for me. I just knew I was destined to do something on a bigger level and my journey's just started. And I'd always say, I believe everybody has the, the, the opportunity um, sometimes it's against us, but you know, I believe as much as we can, everyone has an opportunity to be something in their life. And sometimes you have to be subjected to a certain environment to realize what you don't want. So for me, I, you know, the struggle, see, being in as well, very like into the black BAME community issues, like, you know, I, I was sick and tired of the social deprivation in the area, like sick and tired of no one having anything, no one financially stable, um, you know. And just knowing that I didn't want that from a kid, I always knew the house I wanted, the car I wanted, the lifestyle I wanted, you know what I mean? And, I, I, and I'm always credit to my mom making that decision, sending me to Sheffield, because that balance came from seeing that life, you know? So a lot of my friends now, um, everyone's quite street. I'm, I'm still quite street, but I'm just professional with it, but I'm still surrounded by a very, very street world. And now I have to be very, watchful of where I go with certain people, how I move, because I'm, I'm a professional now and, you know, I'm on a journey. So, you know, I love, I love my family and friends a bit, but, um, but, you know, just got to be very cautious where, where, how I go. But it, it all starts from having a vision and believing in that you want more for yourself. And I believe that, that, that fight there is enough to kind of get going if you want it enough. So could I be alive? I said, I want to be a game developer back then. And, you know, I wanted to work with kids. I didn't. Well, everything I went through gave me the tools I needed to do exactly what I'm doing to this day. Do you, do you regret anything that led you to this point? I mean, it's very easy to sit there and say, like, if you're in that decision and you're either going to go and rob a car or you're going to go home and help your mum clean, you know, feather duster and toe or whatever. Like, <laughs> it's really, really hard to make those decisions. But do you now look back and regret anything that happened or are you glad because it's taken you to to be here now certain things yeah but now when i know of like the inconvenience to saying like you know someone broke into my car last year and took certain things or you know mm. i've had people approach me to try rub me or even you know um not that i ever use knives or anything like that but I'll, someone tried to someone chased me to try and take my life with a knife a few years ago and wow. um you know so not that I've ever done anything like that, but I just realised that, wow, what if you had done that the impact on my family? Like, you know, what if, you know, my car, my stuff was stolen and now I've got to go sort out. So those things I'm very regretful of with objects. I'm very regretful of inconvenience in anybody's life because I never thought about inconvenience that family or whatever it what what whatever the consequences, it was. isn't it, of yeah. like your actions might have on other people's yeah. like families' lives finances whatever it might be yeah never I just thought about you know what I don't have and I could provide to fit the gap that I don't have so 
So I'm very regretful, remorseful about that because now I understand as an adult the inconvenience. And when it comes to like um, street robberies and like mugging people and stuff like that, I, I'm very regretful. I, I pray over that. And I, that's why I'm so determined to just be a beacon of light within society and within the world and giving back. Um, because, you know, I don't know if someone's life has never been the same because I crossed paths with them. Mm. Like, you know, I never forget mm. when I was younger, I was like 14 and uh, I went to mug this lad and um, and he had a nice watch. And I went to take his watch and he started crying. He broke the watch off himself and said, um, if I'm not having this watch, no one is. And he smashed the watch himself and, and it just kind of stopped. I stopped. He's like, wow. I was like, why'd you do that? And I found out it was his dad's watch and I, I don't know if his dad was dead or dying or something, but, and you know, so I think back at those things, I think we're flipping it. Like, you know, he may never repair that watch. That watch might be the broken watch in the drawer at home and remembers him of his, reminds him of his dad. And then also reminds him of me, this horrible young kid coming up to him to take away his stuff. Cause I'm not thinking about his situation. I'm only thinking about my thing, at the, my circumstance at the time, you know, um, so when, yeah, very grateful in terms of like, you know, inconvenience of people, and, but also things like, you know, what trauma have you left in someone else's life? Mm -hmm. Who now remembers being, you know, mugged or something like that, or being approached, you know, and now has anxiety about walking, leaving the house at nighttime or whatever, do you know what I mean? So I, I always think about it. I know it was a very long time ago, I'm 35 now, you know, talking, well, a long time ago, however, but all of that kind of conversation going through you, like your own kind of experiences. If there was, say for example, like a younger version of you who was listening to this podcast, like if you could go back and tell yourself something, like what would what would you say to him? <laughs> it's just simple. I tell, tell him it's not worth it because I've been there. I tell him I'd like to have told him every all the outcomes to all the wrong decisions, and I'd like to say you know. I, I'd like to inform him on how to create the right path. I'd like to tell him that, you know, don't look at your circumstances how they are and think about what they can be, uh, you know, uh, because just through my journey as well, just perseverance, you know, you get there, you start to get there and, you know, there's not this, oh, it can't happen for me. Oh, I'm unlucky. Oh, that's only for rich middle-class white people. Oh, that's only for, you know, you can achieve anything. You can work towards anything. You know what I mean? Through perseverance and staying focused, and, and that's the only message I really could give to the younger me or to a younger person to, you know, to stay focused on the goal, have a goal, have a plan and keep working towards it because you will get there. And I look back now thinking I had to go through every single thing to get here. I had to go through anxiety. I had to see someone get killed. I had to get kicked out of numerous schools. I had to grow up without a dad. I, I had to suffer from low confidence. I, it was only in a conversation yesterday um, when we, I kind of came to that conclusion and speak to someone saying, you know what? everything made sense just because of the meeting I was having yesterday. I thought, oh, I put that to bed there. I thought that was a waste of time. Oh, oh, this makes sense now because now he wants to see all the material I did when I thought it was a waste of time. And for years, I've felt quite low in this journey because nothing was happening. But material that I'd put together before was the reason why other opportunities have been created. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about your game then. So It's On You, um, a video game designed to help young people sort of combat those decisions. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit and the listeners a little bit about it? Yeah, so It's On You was um, something I put out there in 2014-15, where what I wanted to do, because I worked a lot with young people in schools um, as a wellbeing officer, um, behaviour officer. I was doing a lot of re uh, workshops, so on and so forth, but I wanted to take it further. 
didn't want to just do this PowerPoint thing. I didn't want to do this workshop. I wanted to take it further. So I wanted to create something that was interactive. So the whole thought process was to contact companies in America, make a movie, chop it up so it's interactive so you make choices and put it on a CD-ROM, go around to schools, deliver assemblies and literally say, if you choose A, put your hand up, you, choose, you know, and that's where it was. But to contact companies in America and stuff back then, it was just like figures I've never even seen, like, oh, it's £40,000 to do this. And I was like, well, it's not going to happen, is it? But again, I planted the seed because I kind of pursued it, spoke to loads of companies. But then I got put to bed and I carried on my journey working. Um, and then I got to a point in my journey at work where I just realised that I don't think I want to do this no more. I want to be independent and I want to kind of work for myself. And I realised all the workshops and interventions I put putting in place for young people was having a major impact. It was getting bigger. Uh, interest from like the press, BBC, Houses of Parliament, uh, local newspapers. So I realised I could do this on my own. Um, but then what happened, I received a call from my sister and she was upset on the phone. She said my nephew, who's I was, I'm like a father figure to him, um, I was very close with, he, he, he was in prison and he was only 16 at the time. Um, but I felt like when that kind of happened to me, personally, again, like I was just like, you know what? This school's limiting me. I'm restricting me on my freedom now. I need to go and do this. And what I did, I took my nephew's story, uh, made an educational resource and a movie about it. And I just kind of left my job, took a leap of faith and I got commissioned by like police and crime commissioners units and people started taking interest. But then um, COVID came, but COVID had been my blessing because um, just before COVID, I'd spoke to somebody about my concept of making something interactive. So we'd done a demo, a demo for the thing in 2016. Uh, I told someone about the demo a few years later, again, put it to bed, thought it was a waste of time. Uh, said, I know a guy that was coding, didn't know what a coder was. So they made apps. So I said, okay, can you put me in touch with him? Ended up getting in touch with this guy and um, young lad, he was only 18, 19 at the time. And he was like, yeah, and total, total opposite ends of the world in culture and everything like literally different people, but now we're like, like that now, do you know what I mean? Literally like, um, yeah, yeah and, and, and we built this, I told him about my concept and he's like, yeah, it sounds really cool. Give me a price, went away. Um, didn't know I was going to get the money, but you know, um, he went away and he did, I noticed he didn't get back to me for a long time. And I was just like, where's this guy? So one day I just thought, forget it. Contact him, said, do you want to do it? Please let me know on, or signpost because someone that can help. And he's like, bro, I'll do it, but I want Haas because I think what you got is amazing. There's nothing like it. So cut a deal. And then, yeah, for about four, going on five years. Um, uh, but then I entered on my vision board. I've got, I wanted to enter the BAFTAs. Uh, so I contacted the BAFTA Games Awards and it was like, oh, you've missed the deadline. However, we'll extend it for 24 hours. You can get application in. I was like, oh, wow. So I stayed up all night, done the application, thought nothing of it. And I was just like in it to the last round, like literally the week before the live show. So I got long listed and I was down to the final 15. And I was in a call oh room with like, Sonic, Call of Duty, you know, these major multi-billion dollar studios. There's a little old me there with no budget. <laughs> Put these things together with <laughs> barely any downloads. Um, but because of that, the media took interest like ITV, Birmingham Mail, so on and so forth. It was like, okay, this tool's being rolled out to help tackle youth violence. It tells the story of Luke's life and so many young individuals. Um, and, and, and now, yeah, uh, it's, we're just going into that phase now where... You know, I'll speak too prematurely, but the backing will be there to develop more, move forward and, and take over the world, basically. 
That is incredible, Luke. That is such an amazing achievement. Yeah. It's actually been a pleasure to chat to you. And I know that you've, you've educated me, you've educated Taylor, you've educated all our listeners. Trust me. Um, so yeah, that's, that's awesome. Where can people find the game? Uh, so it's on steam, um, steam, Apple, Google play, and you can also go through to my website. If you go to the website, uh, you can hit the game. Uh, the icons, app icons are actually live. Uh, the game is just 89p. Um, um, so the website is www. I know you don't need to say the W's no more, but it's real direction. <laughs> no, well, you can tell we're of the same age because I still do the same. I know, no, no, no. <laughs> And, and it's a tongue twister as well, isn't it? <laughs> but yeah, so realdirection.co.uk and then the Instagram is uh, it's on you underscore entertainment. Um, oh. Yeah, and just stay tuned because like I said, we're changing the game in how content is being delivered. It's going to be interactive. It's going to be very much gamified and it's going to be different stories in there. You know, hopefully as well, I don't just want to cover social issues and stuff like that. I would like to, you know, I want to get some comedy in there in the future as we grow some love stories you know just yeah whatever that's the gushy it's side of me coming out no, it's just the <laughs> nice. start mate you keep going like genuinely because you yeah. don't know who you're going to impact and whose life you're going to change so never stop cool guys thank you so much thank you so much for your time thank uh, you so uh, much thanks so much luke you're a legend always no guys noise noise cheers Speak mate bye i couldn't believe some of the stuff he was saying it was a lot, weren't it? Like, I have a lot of respect to ter- people who kind of want to turn their life around. I generally find it really inspiring. Yeah. Yeah, things like that. Yeah. Wow. Lost for words a little bit, to be honest. No, for the first time ever on the show. We don't, we don't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's well, I a first. <laughs> I, could, I could say, actually, uh, well, I just... Oh, no, 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 we're not. We're just going to end the episode. <laughs> I'm fuming. Congratulations, Emma. Thank you. Thanks. Uh, so, does that mean I get to choose next week's word? It does. Joe, you know I'm absolutely fuming because I've genuinely sat up <laughs> all day. Like, yeah, I can say something like cleaning up the streets, like with a feather dust or something like that. <laughs> you got in there first. Like, all day. What a waste of a day. But what a what guy, waste what of a day. <laughs> yeah, he is absolute legend. And I'm really excited to see what happens next for him. Definitely. Definitely. What's what's next week's word? Okay. Oh, gosh. Next week's word is going to be... Oh, oh, I've got... (laughs) Why am I nervous? (laughs) (laughs) What is it called? What's that thing called when you have, like, mould and you put those, um, like, air purifiers... What are they called? Humidifier. Yeah, a dehumidifier. That's the word. Dehumidifier. Yeah. It's time for Sing It Circuit. Is it a hit or are they talking shit? <laughs> hey, it's that time of the week again. Um, do you want to go first? It is, I know. I love this segment. Um. Now, okay. this is quite a topical one, and I feel like quite a lot of people may relate to this, but I love this song anyway. But it is, I can't change you, and I won't change. I might hate myself tomorrow, but I'm on my way tonight. Let's be lonely together. Of course, 
by Rita Ora and Avicii. Mm. What are you thinking? Say it again. I can't change you and I won't change. I might hate myself tomorrow, but I'm on my way tonight. Let's be lonely together. Oh, sack, 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 sack. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I Rita. I love this song. <laughs> Sorry. I know, but that is the worst advice ever. I, I think it's really, I think it's a good choice because plenty of us have been in that situation where we're on our way to be with someone who we know is really bad for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, no I'm not gonna say it um sometimes you do things you regret but you're gonna you know you're gonna do it again and again because it feels a void and being lonely is tough and being single is tough sometimes and so a part of me wants to sing it because I've been there but I know that I need to sack it because it's not healthy fair play I'm agreeing with you on that one I'm also as much as I love the song I'm going to sack it purely because at the end of the day, if you're in a relationship with someone, if you're in a relationship with someone, you shouldn't be trying to change them. You shouldn't be trying to change yourself. Like just, you know, yes, it's easy to fall into, you know, old habits. We are creatures of habit, but when you're in those kind of situations, you're just wasting your time when you could be out there looking for the one you don't need to change for and they don't need to change for you so but you know it's not going to work don't do it what do you think when a situation happens and you do end up changing in a relationship but not because you feel like you have to but just because you do like is that bad because sometimes I think like I was in a relationship for a really long time and now I'm a very different person and I have changed. But is that because you learn from the situation? Yeah. So there's, I think that that's like a good change, but then I feel like obviously, I think it could be depend on how you perceive change, I guess. Mm. Because I feel like everyone goes through situations, whether it's relationships, whether it's like grief, trauma, like jobs, whatever it might be and kind of come out the other side a changed person but I'm a big believer in things like that are kind of put in your way to help shape you become the person that you are today Mm. so yeah I think it can be a good thing but then it also can be a bad thing but I think as long as you kind of I I keep saying this I feel like I say this a lot on the show but as long as you're being true to yourself yeah I guess that's all that matters totally totally speaking of ties quite nicely into my one um this is i've been listening to this song since i moved here every day i don't know what's come (laughs) over me it's it's vienna by billy joel um okay there were so many good bits in this song but one line that i just always come back to especially since moving here is slow down you're doing fine you can't be everything you want to be before your time Oh, I got goosebumps on that one. I'm singing that. 100% yeah. I'm singing that. Yeah. Definitely. Say it again. <laughs> <laughs> Slow down. You're doing fine. You can't be everything you want to be before your time. Yeah, we're singing it. 
Oh, it's just so good. And then the other bit I love from it is, um, where's the fire? What's the hurry about? You better cool it off before you burn it out. Do you know what I mean? Like so much Whoa. of the song, I'm just like, yes, we yeah. need this now. Like slowing down. Yeah, I just, I don't know why I included it in this because it's supposed to be some sort of like, like no one would sack that, right? But I just love it. So I'm no, singing. singing it. That's good one. That, I think that's the best one that you brought. Thanks. Love I that. love it. It's been a pleasure as always. Thank you for listening. Thank you for again joining us for a, a waffle. Um, I'm not going to do the, all the podcasting shit about subscribe and all that shit. But more no. importantly, if you've been affected or you're going through anything that is discussed in today's episode, please reach out. Obviously, Luke. We will include all of Luke's information in the episode. And also, like Emma said, we'll put in a lot of links in there to in the show uh, notes, resources and stuff like that, that can get yeah. you to where you need to be. But I promise you now, talk about it because you have a lot more power than you think you do in these kind of situations. And you do have the ability to change your situation. What you've got to do is be patient and give yourself a bit more of a chance totally thanks for listening guys see you don't forget to like and subscribe (laughs) bye (laughs) you just had to get that in there hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. You've been listening to the Waffle Shop Podcast with me, Taylor James. 
Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and even leave a review. It means the world to me. See you soon.